Hey y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach, and you're listening to Season 3 of Green Juice and Tequila. Well, hello y'all. Welcome to another episode of Green Juice and Tequila. I'm like kind of pumped for this episode because not only is it the last episode for season three, but my guest is like one of my best friends from Austin, Texas. She's been in my life for a really long time and she's just one of the most inspiring humans that I know. Anytime I have like a crazy idea for work stuff or, you know, just any anything that I need advice on to organizing to like, hey, I need to talk to somebody about this new business endeavor. This is the girl I go to. So thank you, Mindy Raymond, for being on this upcoming episode. I'm so grateful to have you. Yay! I'm happy to be here. Finally. I know, right? Season three that you're on. (laughs) I know. We nailed it down. Finally. So y'all, just a little quick background on Miss Mindy, because she has a pretty extensive, experienced resume when it comes to the film industry. But as of right now, Mindy is the executive producer for Now with Fiona, and she's a partner of the Shine Company. Um, She also sits on the chair for an advisory committee for the Women in Film in Texas Austin chapter, which is freaking exciting. Not only has she, like been producers and executives of this and that. She's the first executive director of TXMPA. She's been on shows like Fear of the Walking Dead and commercials and video games. Like I said, she kind of wears a lot of hats and she's super impressive. And I'm excited to dive in and understand your community of film and what we can expect from it. So thanks, girl. Sure. I'm going to give one little caveat, though. I wasn't on Fear. I was on the Walker, Texas Ranger, the other <laughs> Austin show that's here. <laughs> and, like, and, like, how about all your movies? Like, what's that one, the kiddo movie that our kids literally, like, binged when they were little? Adventures. Yeah, Adventures of Pepper and Paula. Literally, that is still on our top favorites in our movies on on our little TV. Like, my girls watch that so many times, and Lilla would be like, that's Miss Mindy on there. She's she's the cowgirl. And you just had a baby, too, I remember, when you did that movie. Yeah, Jack was tiny. He was little. Because right before that, I did a... a a movie I shall not speak of that was so bad. But we came basically from that movie to Adventures of Pepper and Paula, which, like, cleansed my palate for movie-making once again. Isn't that always the story, though? Like, you kind of go through those phases of your acting career where you're like, this is going to be the next big thing, and then it comes out, and you're like, hmm, maybe not so much. Maybe not. The big claim to fame of this movie was that you, I don't know if you remember this actor. His name's C. Thomas Howell. He was Pony Boy in The Outsiders. So he played, you know, kind of a counterpart to me, and he was so wonderful and delightful. And then Judd Nelson, who was part of the Brat Pack, who was in Breakfast Club, he was also in it. So yeah. we thought this thing was going to just be oh, like, I know, amazing. But on the and positive then, note, though, you but you made amazing network. You networked yourself on that set and had so many amazing connections, which I think just every little thing you've done are all stepping stones and building blocks to where you are now. It's so true. So, like, on that set, I had no idea that the art director on that set was watching me for this role for Paula. And it wasn't until after we wrapped that film, she was like, I'm doing a movie, I'm directing it, I want you to audition for this character. But she'd been watching me the whole time, you know? So it's just like, I I tell people this all the time when I'm giving talks or just 
in conversation. Like you never know who's watching and you never know like what door is going to be opening, particularly when you're doing something that's like either a volunteer or you're serving, you know, on a board or you're just serving a community in some form or fashion. So it's always like, that's my number one kind of tip of the day. I love that. Do your best. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that you can kind of bleed that tip into any industry though. It's like every person you meet, every every connection you have with someone, you just have no idea what that could blossom into later on or what opportunity might arise just based on that one conversation. I'm so curious too. I know I've heard your story, but just for our listeners, like what really got you you know, into the acting industry? Like what was kind of that tipping point where you're like, this is going to be real and this is where I need to go to start my acting career? It was, I mean, I had always acted, right? So that's kind of like, I think the journey for a lot of people that are in the creative industries. It's like, oh, I've just always done it. And so it's something as a kid that you love doing and you kind of, it goes into your adolescent life in some way and so I was always making up stories and making films with my best friend and doing all that stuff but it wasn't until I was in college at UT here in Austin and I had an acting coach and I was graduating and I was really sad because I was like I can't live in Austin and pursue a career in the film industry it just wasn't as vibrant as it is now and he said, if you really want to take this seriously, you need to go to New York and study. And that was it. And I was like, okay. And so I applied to schools. And it's always that thing of like your willingness, right? Like I had no idea what the hell I was doing. But I was like, well, I'm going to apply to schools in New York and see if I get in. And I'm trying to think back even I had to like do an audition tape. And I was like, this was back in 2001. Like nobody had smartphones. None of that crap. Oh my so gosh. I'm like literally like video camera myself. <laughs> sending a tape in seems so crazy now like how hard that process probably is or was at the time oh yeah it wasn't because we didn't know any better well and the phones that we have now like you can make actual movies on some of these phones like I remember watching one of the chicks they did um, during COVID a music video and they all had to have like the newest iPhone because the cinematography on it was like it could actually capture some of their like music videos I was like this is so crazy that y'all did this on the phone like the what you can do now in comparison I'm sure till from 2001 is like leaps and bounds for the industry. So you went to New York and you went to school there. Now I know like for those who are not in this industry, it's like, Oh, I want to be an actress or my kid wants to be an actress. So you go to school and your next step is to what, get an agent and start auditioning or kind of like, what are, what are those steps to getting into getting an audition or, you know, um, booking an agent? Yeah. So backtrack just a little bit. I, from UT, I moved to Dallas for one year because knowing that I was moving to New York, you have to have a SAG card, which is a Screen Actors Guild. It's like your union card for an actor. And if you're moving to one of the bigger markets like New York or LA, you have to have that to work pretty much on anything. And that's where you get the good money for like background work, which is how I made my living for many years. Um, so I lived in Dallas for a year. I got an agent in Dallas. I worked my ass off on, you know, auditioning, doing a ton of commercial work, but I got my SAG card through doing McDonald's voiceover work. So I booked a McDonald's like campaign and it was the sweetest gig in the world because I would go in and shoot like six spots 
I would record six spots rather, and you get paid per spot. And so it was like, you know, $3,000 per spot. It would literally take me like 10 minutes to record these things. I would go in like whatever I wanted to wear. And it happened, you know, every other month, it was like a new campaign that would come out. It was my first audition for a voiceover that I booked. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a voiceover artist. Cut to like New York when I'm you know, competing with really talented voiceover artists. I was like, oh, this is really challenging. (laughs) But it was one of those things. So I got my SAG card and then moved out to New York, went to school, trained for a full year, which was phenomenal. And then after that, yes, you typically get an agent and or a manager who represents you and then you go out on auditions. But you have to have your headshots and resumes and training and all that kind of in your toolbox. Do you feel like... Even if you had all your ducks in a row, I just have talked to so many like starving artists in a sense, like that you have to have a foot in the industry. You have to know somebody to be able to get some of those parts, you know, booked. Like I, we're just, I'm just kind of curious, like on the back end of things that, you know, you talk about like, okay, I went to school and I got my SAG card and I got my headshots and everything looks perfect. And you've got your, your, you know, your website put together. So it's like, how, how do some of these actors get these gigs in a sense? Um, even if they have all, all their ducks in a row, I'm just kind of curious if it's like any other industry, like you have to know somebody. It's a yes and no. I mean, it really depends on the project that you're auditioning for. Like commercial work, it's a thousand percent just a look, you know, like you don't have to have super acting chops to do commercials. Um, and then a lot of times too, when it is kind of the bigger like TV stuff and or movie roles, I would say almost 90% of the stuff that I've booked has been because I had a relationship with somebody or I had worked with them in a previous capacity and they were like, Hey, like for my Walker, Texas Ranger, it was a stunt role. And essentially the stunt coordinator called me because he knows me and he's like, hey, we need somebody who's like petite female to be in this car accident. I thought of you. I auditioned for it. I got it. Like, so there's, I think, a little bit of both. But again, going back to like, again, you never know who's watching, who's paying attention, who you're going to meet and who I've never applied both for like acting. Obviously, there's auditions that you do. But for like the work that I do, I've never actually handed in a resume and like applied for those jobs in my adult career. It's always been from something else. Oh, you'd be great at this. I want you to come in for this gig. Why don't we hire you for the executive director position? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so you've been in this industry for almost 20 years now, right? So, and you are now located in Austin and I know just a little bit ago, you just said like when you were at UT, Austin really truly wasn't this like film Mecca that it's really turning into. So when you came back to Austin, I like, what was, what was the changes that you saw that happened? Like what brought film to Austin to really start blowing it up? So I went from New York to LA and then LA to Seattle. And then I was making my way back to New York when Nate, my husband and I got together. So we decided Austin would be a good place for us to live and work is a mutually (laughs) agreeable place. So this was in December of 2008. Uh, At the time, I mean, it still was very much like an indie scene. Like Linklater was here, Robert Rodriguez was here. It was just kind of on the verge of something happening. But it was still a small city, as you remember, like 
It was, oh yeah, it was tiny. It was tiny. So tiny. You won't. It's like Austin's <laughs> unrecognizable now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when we came back, my thing was I'd been in these bigger markets, right? And again, I recommend to anyone who wants to live and work and you know has a pull to New York or LA or Chicago, like do it, like go and experience it and make those connections, meet those people. For me, coming back to Texas, then I felt like I kind of had a leg up. I got with my agent who I had in Dallas right away. And I asked them like, who would you recommend for an Austin agent? And I literally stalked my Austin agent, no joke for like three months. I called him every week. Like I emailed him. He was not listening to me. And I was like, dude, like I am here and I want to work. So finally I get a phone call from him and he was like, well, you sure are persistent. I was like, yes, because my agent in Dallas told me you're the best one here and I'm going to work with you. So having that experience in those other markets, I think helped me when I did come to Austin, just, again, there's just a level of professionalism, I think, that I was able to bring when I was auditioning, and I worked more in Austin than I ever did in New York and LA, and so then you just saw more and more things starting to come here, right? And then, obviously, the incentives kind of would ebb and flows. That's a whole other discussion, but as incentive work would go up, then bigger projects would come to the state and as it would go down, we'd lose some of that stuff. But I pretty much maintained like commercial work pretty consistently. Right. And then I was like, I need to, I don't care how I'm involved in the industry necessarily. I just need to be involved in the industry. And it always goes back to that idea of like, I didn't want to depend on my acting to pay my bills because it takes some of that, like you become desperate and that's, you don't want to walk into a room desperate. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No, that's, I think that's such a great, that's such great insight for people who are in the film industry or who are just starting out being actor or actress. And it's, I think that's one thing that you've done a really, really great job just, you know, as a friend looking on the outside is that you've done more in the film industry than just auditioning for a commercial or for an upcoming movie. Like you've involved yourself with film organizations. I know you've gone to the Capitol and have tried to like get some things approved for Texas to be able to, you know, house more filming and and, and production studios. Like I've seen you put yourself into the industry in different ways that I think has truly made you success, successful on where you are right now. So um, I remembered like, oh gosh, this was probably probably, I don't know, maybe six years ago when Lilla was like, I want to be an actress. Lilla's my oldest daughter, you guys. And uh, she's like idolized Mindy for quite some time. But Mindy had, you. I think you were in Bastrop. I don't know if you were like just starting that whole production and you're like, there's, she can come on and be some, be an extra. And I was like, Lilla was so excited. She ended up getting sick, y'all. So we weren't able to go. But um, I like, the the whole persona of Bastrop though was this like small Texas set. So did you, when you guys worked over there, did you feel like you were getting um, movie contracts? And if I'm using the wrong lingo here, I'm like pretending like I know what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> like, did you get like a lot of movie contracts to do certain movies that have more of that like Western? you know, vibe to it? Or like, what's like the majority of, of films that come to Austin? Like, just kind of curious. I know Ben Affleck's in Austin right now, right? Doing a film and like, it's getting bigger. So just kind of yeah, curious. Yeah, he's working with Rodriguez on his film called Nautic. So he's, he and J-Lo are I here. heard. I have a friend of all mine right. who's doing all their um, costumes on that set. Oh, fun. Yeah. Lorna. Oh, yeah. Yes. I better connect with her. I know. 
cool. She and Robert Rodriguez are pretty close. Like any of his movies, she's she's all on them all. Yeah, doing, doing that's great. And yeah, stuff. and he signed like a major picture deal, so he'll have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Not that he doesn't have a lot of stuff going on, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. I digress. So yeah, the studios out in Bastrop. I mean, the cool thing with Bastrop and Bastrop County is it is so film friendly, meaning like the community really gets involved in productions. They love when films come out there. They love commercial work. They get the idea that like they come in and dump a bunch of money and then they leave. And so there's a massive um, 550 acre studio that's going into that area currently as, as we are talking. Wow. It's this gentleman um, from California who saw the just the perks of being in Texas and saw the land was available and knew that we needed more infrastructure, meaning stages and sound stages and all of that good stuff. So he's, he's putting his money where his mouth is and like, it's blowing up. It's crazy. So a lot of it is the community support, you know? So that's a cool thing with Texas. You can be anywhere in the world and still be in Texas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Texas is so big too. I just like, I just have seen just the, I mean, moving away this past year, just how big it is every time I go back and get catching wind that all these, you know, corporate companies are not coming to Austin. And there's like 90,000 people that I've heard are moving in the next like three months to Austin too. So I I can't imagine I'll be like the next LA and the film industry is just going to continue to blow up. So now you're working, I totally am excited to hear more about this but so now you're working now with Fiona you're the executive producer on this and you've partnered with a company called the Shine Company can you kind of elaborate a little bit about the mission behind now with Fiona and I think it's just so relevant to the times that we're in and how impactful that it is on our generation and even the upcoming generation so for those who don't know what now Fiona with Fiona is if you can kind of elaborate on that a little bit yeah, so it's two, now with Fiona is one bucket and then Shine Co. is another bucket. So I'll kind of talk about one and then the other. So now with Fiona is an unscripted series of kindness and courage in the face of adversity. Uh, currently, it is under the umbrella of LGBTQ plus uh, community, but eventually with the mission of the company to smash the binary of gender and sexuality, we hope it just becomes... Stories of kindness and courage in the face of adversity. So it. we have a, a proof of concept. It's a 27-minute proof of concept that we took to Bentonville, which is Gina Davis's film festival, and we won the jury award there. So it was super excited. So amazing. And we were so starstruck by her. <laughs> so amazing. And she just, like, we all stared at each other for, like, what felt like eternity. So we were just like, oh, my God, it's Gina Davis. And she's so magnificent. But we... Um, we just signed with a co-production company called Rabbit Foot Productions, and so now we're pitching it to streaming platforms uh, with the idea of essentially having it on one of those as like a series. Season one would film in Texas. Okay. So in addition with that, a lot of our work is obviously within the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and so we're doing uh, videos right now for Anheuser-Busch International, which is a big parent company. It's called InBev. So all those beer drinker out there, you know, has a bush. Uh, we're doing these great videos that are internal training, essentially, on diversity, equity, and inclusion. So we've taken five employees all around the world. We're highlighting their stories and how that fits within, you know, kind of the diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're adding animation into there. 
we've got a great animation that I'll probably send you out to share with people. Yes. Um, the difference between cisgender and transgender. Yes. That is. And it's a two minute animation and it's super fun and cheeky because Fiona's from the UK. Um, and so we're, the whole idea is that we educate, entertain and inspire. And that's the mission behind us. And, you know, how, how we're doing that. And so will that be like something that's going to be streaming on like your Hulu or your Netflix kind of networks or is kind of the mission behind now with Fiona more of like a tool for education and can be used within like corporate America or, you know, any, maybe any type of organization that's trying to educate their community around LBGTQ plus. Both and all. So the the TV show now with Fiona ideally will be on Apple TV, say, and something that you can stream and watch and it's for everyone. And then we're also doing yeah, corporate videos, organizational videos. We're helping people, again, just understand. Fiona has a book coming out in January called Are Bisexuals Just Greedy? She's a very proud bisexual woman. The book is very fun and cheeky, and it's like 20 questions asked of the LGBTQ community that people are afraid to ask. So it goes into, like, what's the deal with all these pronouns? And, like, do all transgender men want a penis? And, like, these subjects that everyone is asking right now. Yes. I'm a little bit nervous to talk about. Yeah. So she has a book coming out in January with the idea that the show is going to be wrapped around each of those topics. Oh, my gosh, I love it. And we can also... Like pitch it to companies, like I said, Anheuser-Busch, we're talking to a bunch of organizations that have global presence, and they're super excited about this kind of content for their employees, because you don't want it to be this, like, a box that you check, right, where you're just like, oh, I'm going to do diversity training and check that box and move on. Like, you want it to sink in with people and have them be able to really be allies, and or if they're in the community, like, to have them be able to, you know, come out within their organization that they're a part of and feel like they're supported. Yeah. So. Well, and knowledge is power too. And knowledge, I feel like when we have that at our fingertips, we're able to be more empathetic and compassionate and understanding. And so it's like just you spit off a couple of these topic points like, you know, pronouns and does all trans- transgendered men don't, you know, do want a penis or don't want a penis or whatever it is. It's like those are, these are topic points that I think are so relevant to the times that we're in right now. And if we can, as a collective, almost like as a, as a, this generation being able to understand, because I think people don't understand why or understand, you know, the whole ins and outs and the concept of being under this particular identity. And so when we don't understand, then there comes like judgment and fear. And, you know, I think just what you said, it's exciting as a parent, you know, raising my children to be able to have an understanding, like, what are they coming to face with every single day with kids now transgendering or, you know, my almost 14 year old, she drilled me last year on the whole pronoun situation. I was like, I can't wrap my brain around understanding. And she's like, but what's, what's so lighthearted about it is she does get it. That whole generation gets, it's not even a big deal. Like us, we're like, this is a big deal. We need to figure this out. But they're like, it's like normal, like everyday normal stuff. So, you know, I think that's so great that you guys are part of that. And that's, I think it's going to be more of a movement than anything else. And I have not heard of any major network or any organization really speaking to some of these topics. So that's, that's really exciting, lady. It's so exciting. And we have it to now where we're pitching to these companies. Like, 
it's so succinct in what we're saying because now we're doing it, right? We're experiencing it with ABI and also just with the show. And we've been talking about it, you know, since January of 2020. And so now it's like, so in our bones, like we say it, they get it, it clicks. We're like, yes. And then let's do this. You know, what does this look like for your organization or your company? And it's just super, it's, what's the word? It's just hopeful, right? Yeah. These, major companies that we're talking to are having these conversations and they want to educate and they want to know. And it's just that, and then it's the idea around like storytelling too. The way that hearts and minds are changed is through storytelling. It's not through telling somebody you need to be more open-minded. Yeah, It's showing a story of a woman from Honduras. This is a proof of concept. She's a woman literally fleeing her life, you know, to save her life from Honduras to come to America where she's thriving and, you know, living her best life now as, as Kate in DC. And so our proof of concept highlights that. And then it goes back to like Harvey Milk and his whole mil- mission and why he was so openly out there and proud as a politician, because it's like, let's break these, you know, judgments and prejudices and just get rid of like, yeah. it's time. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, totally time. time. Well, I think it's important to, you say, when you storytell, it's just like, you know, even like the times that we're in right now and, you know, people are utilizing like social media platforms just to kind of like vomit opinions and judgments and they don't even have like the credibility or the background to, or the knowledge to really speak to some of those topics. So I think it's really important to just, you know, and this is with anything, like if I'm going to go put out a whole article around how ginger is healthy for the body. It's like, well, I'm going to research truly case studies around ginger in all forms, whether it's an Ayurvedic philosophy or a Chinese philosophy, and I'm going to test it myself and I'm going to test it on, you know, 10, 20 different people and really truly understand that, yes, I can come back and say, ginger is good for healing your stomach, you know? And it's, I think it's this, like people have to realize like before you go and speak to something, really do your due diligence and hear the stories, understand the concepts behind it and educate yourself. And, you know, I, y'all are kind of like bypassing all of that for us by just presenting this, you know, series and we can just sit there and watch you as you were talking about, it was making me think of goop like all of her goop yes. episodes. I'm like, God, you guys need to get on one of those episodes and talk about this. Cause I think that this is like the new up and coming concept and topic points that people are going to need to hear and talk about soon. So. Yeah. And it's been, you know, as much as this stuff is opening up and the conversations are happening, we're still getting that push from particularly here in Texas, a legislative push. Fiona and I went and testified and attended many rallies at the Capitol due to, you know, the whole transgender sports bill that was passed. And so it's not just like, we're not just, you know, putting content out there for the sake of it, but we're really like making sure that we are showing up in ways that we can help make change and legislative change. And unfortunately the bill passed as many people know, but it's just like, there was so much support for the trans community, for people showing up. I mean, these amazing families that were there just time and time again, there was over over 75 bills that were anti-LGBTQ this session. And so it's just, it's one of those things that's like, it's almost like the death rattle, right? Of these last like old paradigm thinking of the way the world should be. And it's like, it's not that way anymore. And we're just going to bust through all that. And so even though this one particular bill passed, again, we're hopeful to look at like, people aren't standing up for this anymore. Like 
this is not the way it's going to be moving forward. And luckily, I just I'm so hopeful for our next generations because, as we were talking earlier, like they don't have these biases that have been so embedded in you know previous generations, a little bit in our generation, but ours is starting to go away. And then like our kids now are just like you be you. Yeah, yeah. Which is so. Which is so. I think just hopeful for what our politics are going to look like, what our, you know, the vibe of our nation is going to be looking like in the next, you know, 15 to 20 years. So, you know, though you kept saying the word hopeful, I was like, that is definitely resonating. Like, I just think that we're in kind of the weeds right now and shuffling through that and, and getting some of these messages out there, these small little bite sizes. I mean, social media platforms like freaking TikTok and, you know, Instagram and Snapchat. Like, I just feel like I'll have conversations with my oldest daughter comes out and be like, you know, look at this person. They're doing this. Like, this is what this means. I'm like, oh, I get it now. It clicks, you know? And again, it's probably viewing it almost like a story, you know, as TikTok puts things together. But it's going to be interesting to see what the next, you know, five to 10 years and how it's going to evolve and and change when it comes to the LBGTQ plus community. Um, So you are also, I know you and I've talked before just casually on the phone, but you've also launched recently in the last year or so, like a consulting company, right? Within the film industry. I always think it's like, you know, as we started talking at the beginning of this episode, I'm like, she has 20 years of experience. She has done everything from like acting in movies and, you know, commercials to like being a producer and being involved in all these like film communities. Like, yeah, launching a consulting company. Like, of course, that's her next step. So what can we expect in your new consulting company? What is it called? Like, you know, what services are you at? Are you like offering and who are you like really targeting as your clientele for that? Thank you. We're excited. So it's myself and a woman named Heather Page. She was the former Texas film commissioner. Uh, so she and I worked very closely together when I was running TXMPA and she was the film commissioner and we had a great working relationship. And so when she left the film commission and I stepped down from TXMPA as the executive director, we both went off and ran studios, like actual physical production studios. So I ran studios called New Republic Studios. She was an interim director at Austin Studios. And after that experience, then we finally came back together. We're like, we have to do something together. And so we launched the Shine Company, and it is a consulting firm that focuses really on two areas that are underserved in our industry, Uh, one being infrastructure development. So that's any creative space that is building, um, you know, in Texas and beyond. We have some clients that we're talking to in other states, actually, which has been exciting. And then also the other avenue is, film tourism. So this whole idea that people will travel places to go see where films and TV shows are made and how much a community, when having a strategy behind it and they get behind and helping bring that film tourism to their, their town, how it can really help like this whole new economic boost happen within those places. So we've seen it obviously in Bastrop, right? That's like where the studios were. I would see people travel there. There was a movie 25 years ago called Hope Floats with Sandra Bullock that people to this day still go and see where the house was on the porch and they go to the restaurant and like it's still (laughs) happening so it's like this is alive and well and people now my mom just got back from Croatia and she went to the Game of Thrones Museum oh my gosh whole 
you know, tour that happens because people want to go experience yeah. it. Yeah. You know? My my sister Emily is in Oahu, Hawaii right now and they just did a tour of Jurassic Park and <laughs> and and did the whole thing. She got to see like where everything was filmed. So yes, it's so true. People like they they want to be part of it. They want to feel like they're in that movie or that they get to experience that like connection they had with whatever they watched. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. So it's been great. She um it's it's a really awesome partnership because I'm as you know, I'm like I have ideas and I go, 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 and I'm like, let's get this out there and do this and do that. And she's very like she was a camera woman for 25 years and not only a camera woman, but a focus puller where you have to be so detailed and like myopic and what you're looking at and so she gets in those weeds of like the details and the data and this and I'm like girl you run all day with that and I will take this side of things so it's been a really great partnership um and yeah our clients are essentially developers anybody who wants to build sound stages studios production facilities and then communities whether that's a city council economic development corp destination marketing organizations people that can have those decision-making like within their town and community to really beef up how they're bringing in production and then utilizing that production to say like, we've got a long-term revenue stream here. Let's not blow it. Oh my gosh. That is, I think it's so crucial and so needed for people to have that type of resource with you guys and to be able to like handheld and walk through the steps of what they need to do. It's like you guys, you know, a lot of these people are in the dark and you guys turn on a couple lights and you're like, okay, let's go this way and let's do it this way. And this is this idea. And this is what we did. I think it's like, I feel like every industry really needs, needs someone who's willing to step up after 20 something years of experience and, and turn it into a, a space of like helping others in that industry get to where they need to be. So that's exciting, girl. I'm so happy for you. Well, I just yeah. feel like, I mean, over, like I think you and I could probably talk for hours on all these different topic points, especially when it comes to everything that you've done. And I'm just still blown away. Like I just remember when Mindy and I first met, we took yoga together and I had, I was doing artistic yoga and I was like, can you be my partner in this? And it's so like, go back and goofy and, but you know what? It was theatrical. I feel like it was theatrical. It was we were like, theatrical. It was like the theatrical version of yoga-ish. It was so funny. I think of that too. Like it was just so, like all of our rehearsals that we did, like we did rehearsals. Yeah. We rehearsed for this thing and we had yeah. music and it was so good. Oh look how far we've come. Now look where you are. You're like running some of the top film organizations in our country. So, um, well, I am like so grateful for our friendship and for you coming on and sharing just a little bit about yourself. And I know we could get into even more in-depth conversations around, around all of that, but I would love before we kind of shift, um, I would love to play a game with you. I want like, I think it's always fun to like sit and talk to whoever my guest is for 30, 40 minutes about their career and their life long lessons and their bio and all this stuff. But it's also fun to get to know the other side of you. Like, you know, what are you scared of? And what's your favorite food? All that kind of fun stuff. So we're going to play a game. I'm a Gemini though. So I'm going to have multiple answers for everything. I know. (laughs) Shoot. Well, that's one of the questions. What's your Zodiac? You already answered Gemini. Okay. Question number two. (laughs) Um, If you were an animal, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh. Um, 
my gosh, Mel, these are going to so stop me. I'm going to be so boring. Like, okay, wait, let me focus. Okay. The first one that came to mind was a fox. Ooh. I just think they're real, like, sprightly and fun and, like, yes. agile. And, oh, my gosh. You know, but they're kind of, like, pretty to look at. Yes. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I, I was thinking a chipmunk for you. Oh a cute little nugget that just goes, goes, goes and gets their stuff done. <laughs> That too. Chip and Dale are my favorite Disney characters, so that very much speaks too. <laughs> okay. If if you were to go eat fast food, where would it be? Does like Jersey Mike's count? Like a sub Yeah, you can count as okay. Jersey. Jersey Mike. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. a very healthy version, so you're not doing those like late night runs to like Whataburger. Um, what's your favorite reality TV show? Just don't watch reality. Like you don't watch any reality, uh, or even like uns like a well. To me, like unscripted is different than reality. So like reality is like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah, unscripted is like Fixer Upper. Oh so, my gosh! Are we putting that all in the same bucket. You are, are teaching me new terms right now on making this a really deep question. So whichever one you feel more resident to, you just choose. Tell me which one you like better. Queer Eyes, my favorite unscripted oh show. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I love Queer Eye. And don't some of them live? They're in Texas. Yeah, I was like, they're in Austin. One of them is here now. Yeah, one of them bought my friend's house in Westlake. Really? Yeah. Is this a friend I know? I don't know if you know her or not. She's, um, but the guy with the long brown hair. Jonathan Van Ness. Jonathan. (gasps) He bought my friend's house. I was like, is it weird seeing all of his videos in your old kitchen? She's like, no, I think it's really fun. He's like, <laughs> like dancing with his coffee. Yeah. So great. Uh, I mean, that whole show, you think about, did you watch it when it first came around, Queer Eye for the Straight Oh, guy, yeah. Like, back in the day? Yes. So, like, I mean, that was such, like, an epic-breaking show programming that they did back then. I you know. know. And then you look at how they're doing it now again, you're just like, oh, my gosh, they're so good at what they do. They're, like, it's just. They're amazing. They get you, they get me emotional. Um, okay, what's your favorite place you've traveled to? Bali. Oh my gosh, I love your Bali pictures with the monkeys. Um, what's on my head and your head? What's your favorite skincare regimen? Hmm. Yeah. Um, every day and morning and night, without fail, I spray like a witch hazel mm-hmm. kind of toner on my face and. I just love it. Like, I switch all yeah. my skincare routine yeah. all the time, but that's the one thing that I stay with. Well, your skin and eyedrops. Is so- okay. <laughs> eyedrops all the time. <laughs> okay, are you a dry shampoo girl, or do you wash your hair, like, every single day? No, dry shampoo. Yeah. I wash, like, twice a week. Oh, my gosh, same here. I just started using... bangs. Yes. So I feel like I have to wash it more. <gasps> Wait, the dry shampoo, my favorite... What's your favorite one that you use? Do you have a favorite oh brand? God. Aveda has a powder that Ooh. you like squeeze and it powder like powder puffs yeah. on your hair, but it smells like that shampoo, <gasps> like Aveda that smells so good. It's Yum. awesome. And it kind of makes your hair gritty a little bit and like Ooh, I need to get that one. Um, I use Kristen S. I use her Burnett dry shampoo. I kind of am obsessed with her products. And um I but I've been using R and Co products lately. Which is their shampoo and conditioner is amazing, and they have a dry shampoo that I love too, and it smells good. I love that product. 
Yeah. Okay. You ha- yeah, you'll have to like you can get it on Amazon. I got it on my hair at my hair salon and I my hair is like every time I wash my hair people are like, "Oh my god, your hair looks so good today." I'm like, "Well, I washed it with R and I- I think I mentioned that on like whatever Instagram that you did. I was like, your hair looks so good. Or maybe it was a polo. I didn't oh my God. polo. Yeah. <laughs> it's R and Co. It's the best. Um, <laughs> what's your biggest pet peeve that just drives you up the wall crazy? Gum. People chewing gum, seeing gum, hearing gum. Noted. Gum. Noted. <laughs> what's what's the most um, annoying mom moment you've had? Like recently, it could be just, just in, in general. Uh, I, for me, it's the bedtime routine right now. I feel like it's like a five-hour yes, ordeal girl. to get the kids to bed. Yeah, and it's driving me crazy. I know, and it's just like uh, it's a whole thing. And we put it on ourselves because we we do the song and the talking and the questions and the this and high low buffalo and all the things. So yeah, by the time it's like. <laughs> We're thinking of bed and then actually going to bed. It's like 90 minutes later. <laughs> 90 minutes later. Well, they'll remember it forever. It'll be the same. I know. Okay. Um, are you an ocean or a mountain person? Oh, God. Literally both. Yeah, that's like, okay. I love both. Yes. What? You should see my screen should say we're literally right now. I wish I could. Here, let me see if I can. Well, I'm going to drop this. I'm going to send this to you. Because <laughs> um, it has mountains and ocean. Like, no that's way. That's my screensaver. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm just like being a little psychic here. I'm like, I can I feel know. it through the screen. Um, what's yes. what's your go-to social media platform? Instagram. Yep. Same here. I'm um, not even on Facebook anymore. I feel I like know. the whole it's, algorithm is weird. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I get on there when I know I'm projecting to like an older demographic. But yeah. Instagram, I feel like you can just be more creative. I like that part of it. And I can't jump I on the Snapchat. LinkedIn now, too, though. Yes. I know. I just started really working more with LinkedIn. I follow this girl. Um, she teaches you how to amplify your social media platforms and, like, mm. fun little tricks to be able to make your platform or your page look amazing. And I just started working on my LinkedIn, too. She does for all of them or for LinkedIn mm-hmm, specifically? For all of them. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I can, I'll send you her her profile. She's awesome. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see. What's your most embarrassing moment that you've just uh, one that comes up that you're like, that was top embarrassing moment of my life. It's a little bit of a story. Is that fine? (laughs) Yeah. Like a moment. So I'll I'll keep it cliff notes version. But when I moved to New York, I was walking in Times Square and I think I've told you this story before. I'm walking in Times Square and I was like, ah, like the lights of the city and I looked up at these billboards and I was like someday I will be on a billboard in Times Square someday and I just put it out into the universe so cut to like three years later I'm working for a promotional company where we would do kind of street activations and hand out product and all that fun stuff it's a really good paying gig well this is when Atkins was really big and so they did a whole campaign on grains for life like why you should eat grains and why bread is good for you so they dressed me as a loaf of bread and I, <laughs> I had like my head barely peeking 
eating out of this like loaf of bread and my partner with me, she was a sandwich board with all the stuff about why grains are good for you. And we would take tourists and they would take our picture and then we would be projected up on this massive billboard in Times Square with these pictures of these tourists <laughs> and me as a piece of bread. Oh my gosh. Mindy, that's... This is not what I had in mind at all. <laughs> well, you no. did it though. You manifested I that. <laughs> I did. Be specific in what you ask for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any tattoos? No. No tattoos. Know I know. No tattoos. No tattoos. Okay, favorite food. Um, type of food I love like Asian any type mm. of Asian food. Yep. Um but I think if I were to like really confirm one right now, it'd be coffee. Yeah, that's my <laughs> next question. Really food, but <laughs> no, that was my next question. Are you a coffee tea drinker? Yes, your coffee drinker. Nespresso, Nespresso. No. Thanks to you, like yeah. I have vivid memories of the first Nespresso I had in Yvonne's office with you, and you were like, "This is life changing coffee." Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh, I forgot that chapter of our life working together oh, for no, Yvonne. Organizing, organizing her life. Gosh. Oh. Personal assistant stuff. We've got we've come a long way, sister. Oh, we always said too, we're like house? I know. I remember we're like if if we're not doing anything when we're like fifty years old, we're starting a company together. I know. Our event planning company. Oh that was God. such a good event though. Oh, we did we throw some pretty good events. Those are fun. I love doing yeah. that stuff. I would keep doing it. Um, okay, let's see. I've got two more questions here. Um, what are you a wine drinker? If you are red, white, rosé, like what's your what's your jam? Depending on the season. Yes. So yeah, right now I'm drinking more white. Ooh. I'll transition into reds. Yes. And then obviously rosé more in the spring. Oh man, I think our our boat experience with rosé damaged me for the rest of my life. <laughs> I don't drink rosé anymore. That was serious. Yes, that was. Cool. You're like feeding me. Um, what was it Red, Red Bull. Bull? Oh my gosh! Of all things to drink, I know that's the worst combination: being drunk and then like super hyper. <laughs> my friends always got my back, girls. Always got my back. Okay, my last question: I always ask everybody this: Are you green juice or tequila? Tequila, girl, all the way. Yes, yes. Love me some tequila. Ranch water. I see you drinking your green juice, though, and I feel like oh, man. I've had too much coffee and probably need to do. Can we, real quick, like, I'm throwing this out into the universe in the hopes that it happens someday, but your smoothie jars, like, oh. I've been craving them and oh, wanting my, them so bad. Oh, my gosh. I should have literally launched that company before all of these other companies. I was the first one. You, like, years before. Yeah. Like, this was, like, eight or nine years ago that I did that. Yeah smoothie jars they're so good they're so i know they're fun i need to do something like that again let's manifest it throwing it out there yes. universe um yes. girl i loved having you on this was so fun thank you for be, thank you for being on here and just so everyone like what can what can our listeners like what can we do can we like how can we support you like can we when can we expect like you know now with fiona coming out we can watch it or what can we yes. what can our listeners do to support you in your endeavors follow us on now with fiona um on instagram mainly um i'm mindy raymond 
Benson. Yes. <laughs> on Instagram as well. And um, we'll link all of this stuff too. Yeah. In Texas, like if you're in Texas and you're in the film industry, please, please, please like get on our newsletter for TXMPA and just, we do tons of advocacy work around that. And that just, you know, that education is so important. So yes. Things. And then if you need a stage bill, hit me up for Shineco. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And y'all, we will make sure to post all of the links for Mindy's companies and her Instagram page. So you can follow along and see what all the amazing things she's up to. And y'all, thank you so much again for listening to Green Juice and Tequila. And thanks Mindy for being on. So excited. Yay. Grateful. All right, y'all. Oh my so gosh. Thank you. So much fun. Thank you. Well, y'all have a wonderful day. And if you enjoy this episode, please click and subscribe. And if you can leave me a five-star review, I would be super grateful for that too, because I feel like this was probably one of our best episodes this season.